Hi there, and welcome to another episode of More Than Beauty with Daniel Mason Jones. On today's episode, I am very excited to introduce you to one of my friends and, well, someone that's making a huge difference in the world. Now, September has been known for a lot of different causes, and this young lady, her heart and purpose is so big, and it shines through. So I'm lucky enough to grab her toward the end of September, though what she supports is a year-long crisis. So I'm excited to bring her on and have her share a little bit of her story and journey and let her inspire you into greatness. So today I want to welcome Alicia Amsler. She is a powerhouse and a force to be reckoned with. So welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here. Um, I can't believe we're finally getting to do this. And can I be honest? You're my first official interview on my podcast. So thank you very much. And we're even having to do it remote. So lots of learning happening today. Absolutely. I think we're all learning right now in this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the truth. I would have never thought in 2019 that 2020 would look like this. But you know what? There's always something great to be learned uh, in every situation. So I don't want to waste any time. I want to jump right in and talk about something that you've created. And I feel like a lot of people right now, in particular in 2020, need to hear your voice. And um, you know, I, I believe there's no, there are no mistakes in life in the universe. And you and I were supposed to work on a project prior to this, and my schedule was not going to allow that. But here we are today. I believe that we're being put together today, and I will definitely want to work with you in the future. We're going to make our schedules work way in advance. <laughs> but um, what you've created is pretty amazing. So I know you're in the hair industry, and uh, as am I. And this podcast kind of reaches every, every audience. But today we're going to be talking about the hair industry and the impact that you've had talking to stylists and really helping coach them through interpersonal uh, communication and skills. But I'm going to let you just open up and tell who you are, what you're about, and uh, what your journey looks like. Sure. My name is Alicia. I am a salon owner. This is, for my 2020, this is my 20 years in business as a salon owner. Also a hairdresser, still behind the chair, just a few days a week, um, and uh, a mother of one. Uh, she's 24, beautiful girl, and married, gosh, this, this whole year was my 25-year anniversary uh, and my 20 years in business, so a big year for me. Congratulations. Um, and I had the pleasure of meeting your daughter. She actually is really beautiful, my oh, goodness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, what I want to talk about is your passion and purpose of what you found your calling in life. You know, I think so many people wander through this life maybe even feeling frustrations because they've not found their purpose or their calling. It's easy for us to just wonder day in day out, especially with all the, in, the distractions and interruptions of technology and everything that's happening to us. But your purpose and mission is to help people that are going through, um, Suicide and mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of challenges. Mental health this year has been something. There's been so much depression, anxiety. People are completely overcome with this. So I want to talk about what you do and, and why you started this whole entire initiative in the first place. Sure. So Runway to Life uh, is a nonprofit. We're excited that we, the first year we, we became a nonprofit. Uh, I already did fashion shows um, and put them in, on in our uh, Virginia area. So I actually started my own, which was Runway to Life, and we do fashion shows, um, but we collaborate beauty and fashion together where we talk about a not so easy subject, which is mental health and suicide prevention. 
So, you know, our industry is fun. You know, we, we love having uh, hair and makeup, making you beautiful. But, you know, we deal with a lot of people that sit in our chair that don't feel beautiful. They're, they're tens, but they don't feel ten inside. So uh, I just love uh, where we're actually working on the inside of people as well as the outside. That's true. You know, it, it's funny you say that. I can think of... Um, I'm in my 19th year being a hairdresser and the, the amount of conversations that have happened in my own chair. And of course I've eavesdropped and heard some in the chairs around me too. There's some pretty powerful conversations that happen there. And I think a lot of times hairdressers may not understand the power that we actually hold, especially if you're maybe you're starting out of the industry. When people are coming in, there are so many cues that they're giving us when they're talking. You know, of course, we're excited. We, we are there for their engagements, their weddings, their graduations. We're also there when people pass away, when there's all sorts of life events. We are the ones that are there for them. And I think what you're doing with helping really spread the message of communication inside of our industry to help our customers and guests and even our communities um, it's powerful that we listen to those social cues. We may be responsible for saving someone's life one day. Absolutely. So with a nonprofit, absolutely it grows. So we started off as a show, but now internally we're, we're staying busy. We, uh, we do groups uh, for people to get connected, uh, which is so important. A lot of times we go into isolation, but getting people connected in this world that might be going through different things um, can help somebody. You know, I had a lady that reached out to me the other day that um, she was dealing with her son that's 20 some years old that is going through suicidal thoughts right now. And uh, he also has a disability. So I placed her with another mother that had a 21 year old that was going through a disability as well as suicidal thoughts. So they can become a, a support system to each other. Um, so we, we actually educate as well. So we provide education. We started educating hairdressers to see signs. So that was one of the things that Runway to Life did, um, as well as the groups um, and the podcasts and, and uh, newsletters, anything we could do to reach out uh, and get our word out of what we're trying to do. I think that's amazing. And listen, I think it would be fair to say, I, I can't imagine any of us walking around hasn't been either had suicidal thoughts or thoughts of taking our own life or known somebody that has done that. You know, it, it hits home to so many people. And it's a conversation that people don't want to have because it's like a taboo situation. It's like, you don't wanna talk about that. You wanna sweep it under the rug. And for so long, I feel like society has really uh, put a cap on it. It's like, you can't talk about if you're feeling depressed or what that, it might be seen as being weak, right? right. I don't like that. And really, it, it's actually is a strengthful thing. It takes a lot of strength to be able to tell your story. It takes a, a lot of strength to, to talk to someone. A lot of times we feel like, isn't it funny, like we talk to so many people behind that chair, but we feel when it comes to suicide that I'm stepping in on their, what's going on in there. I don't want to embarrass. I don't want to say something. We're so worried. And a lot of times it's more about us than yes. it is them. So if we can remove what we feel out the way and we have the eyes to see it, absolutely say something because that person's waiting for you to say something to them. Exactly. And, you know, I, again, going back to the beginning of this, this conversation, I don't believe there are any accidents at all. So, you know, anytime a person is placed in your path, there's a reason they're there. And I always say I'm from the South, so I'm like, it's either a lesson or a blessing that <laughs> that person's in your, in your path. And so to be able to have those conversations, and I can tell you inside my salon, there are so many people that come into our salon to have their hair done 
that their children have committed suicide or a spouse has committed suicide. Or, you know, I've even had a few random conversations where someone's parent had committed suicide at some point in time. Yes. And so that's a, that's a hard thing for people to go through and they need to be heard. They need to yeah. be heard. Um, during the whole pandemic, when we were quarantined in our homes, I read a story of a 12 year old boy that took his life and it was over a video game. He was playing a video game and he didn't win. And it stressed him out to the point that he, that he took his life. And, you know, as silly as that sounds, that's a precious life. That's a 12 year old kid that had a huge future ahead of him. And so if we can stop these, so I want to ask you, what are some of the signs, uh, some of the obvious signs that we should look for in a situation like this? Sure. And let me just touch on where you had said about the 12 year old boy. Remember too, it's not about the, the game that he played or it's not about um, the one thing. A lot of times we're like, oh, well, you know, their family got divorced or whatever. You know, I always say it's kind of like a piece of paper. We all have mental health and our mental health is, you know, whether it's good or it's bad. And a lot of times we become, become comfortable with our mental health, no matter where it is. And then life happens, right? All these things. And then it starts to crivet where you feel like you're going down deep into a hole. Uh, and it's because we never took care of the, the mental health. So that would be the one thing is, to, is where are you on your mental health? Do yes. a check-in with yourself. How am I right now? Because life is going to happen. Situation exactly. is going to happen in, in 2020, yes. Like right now, it's not so much of COVID and the, um, the different fights that are going on around us. It's literally internal in our homes. Mm -hmm. You know, people are dealing with, uh, and mental health can even can open up where it can start having domestic violence in the home. It can start having, um, you know, arguments or divorce rates can go up or abuse can go up, addictions can go up. But remember, it goes back to the mental health. Yeah. You don't absolutely. take care of that, then all then it's like you start start seeing a disarray of things. And something that you said the first time that I had the privilege of hearing you speak was mental health, and I had never thought of this before, is it's just like a cold. It, it may not always be there, but there could be something that would flare up. And it, it's just like a temporary thing. And I can tell you from my own experience, I have been in some pretty dark places in my life at certain points in times those feelings are completely gone. And, and I look back and I'm like, why did I ever think that? So we have to understand during that moment that we will go, we will get past whatever this is. Yes. Um, you know, it's just life. Sometimes it, it can give you some really hard curveballs, but we have to look at it and, and find the great inside of that. So um, in talking about some of the obvious signs of what someone that we could as people that are looking on other people's lives, what are some of the things that we could see and notice right away? Sure. Uh, how someone talks. A lot of times, whatever lives in your heart will come out of your mouth. So a lot of times people will think, oh, well, they're just using it uh, to manipulate me. It, it doesn't matter if they are saying it, they're thinking about it. I want you to think of this too. When someone wants to take their life, it's not that they want to die. They want the pain to end. And it's kind of like, if you can imagine, uh, if your arm was uh, really badly hurt and you're on an island, you know, you're thinking of how could I take this off, right? Well, that's no different about the life. They're thinking of how can I stop this pain? So they come up with a, a solution to end the pain um, and they research it. So they have actually thought about this. This is why even when a suicide happens, there are usually signs six months before. 
Only about 2% that are not signs, and even those we go back and look at, there are some small, small signs there. So uh, we just sometimes don't have the eyes to see, or we're, we're really busy with our own lives or not, or we are uh, dealing with things ourselves that we're like, I just can't go there right now. But if you do have the signs, some of the signs will be Facebook, Facebook, social media, people will post things though, especially when they are at the desperate or a crisis mode. Crisis is when you have the 20 minutes to two and a half hours to help somebody. And that's, that's when all is failed. I have thought about this thing. I am doing it. And you, again, you have 20 minutes to two and a half hours. That's why calls, getting them on a call, and that will keep them on the call until it's like you're hooking somebody and bringing them back to today. They're always in the past, and they're always in the future. That's a huge sign. That means they're in the past because they're thinking of all the shame, all the things that they did and didn't do, and in the future of all the what-ifs and what could happen. So what I could tell you is bring them back to today. If, you know, we, we try to fix things too, but if we can continually just bring them back to today, get them focused on today, how can we get you safe today? How can we get you back in whatever it is today? Because I can tell you, when I, I, I do interventions and I've been with people as I'm speaking to them in the crisis and it is always the same. It'll always be in the past and in the future. So what they say, their actions. Maybe you're seeing somebody that is uh, that loves to do things, go out to lunch with you, and all of a sudden they're like they're they're uh, going backwards. They don't want to watch football with you. They don't want to do their favorite things. That's a huge sign. Um, if they give away things, that's a huge sign. Uh, you'd be surprised that sometimes people won't take their life. They've got it already and orderly, but because their house wasn't in order they're not gonna take their life. It wasn't about their three-year-old. So we think that, oh, though they have a kid, they're not gonna do, no. They're actually thinking like a piece of puzzle that if I just remove myself out the way, life would flow freely and better. And they love that person so much that they feel like if I just remove myself, I'm helping them. And that's something, but on the outside, we look at it and we think that, how could they? And it's more like they're doing it because they love you and they care so much about the other people. Um, yeah. And they just, they're trying to fix a problem. So what they say, what they do, addiction can be a huge thing. They're looking for something to numb the pain. So if you see someone that is like literally um, uh, going in, they're getting worse, you know, they're even personality disorders. You can have someone that was into to depression and then they're going into schizophrenia. Now they're going into, it's like it grows. So even with the brain, you know that you can think of positive and you can think of negative, right? Exactly. That's why we talk about like starting our day with gratitude. There really is a lot in that. If we, you can build and rewire your brain. So I just totally because, agree with that. Yeah, just because you go to a doctor and they said 10 years ago that you had depression, does that mean that you have to hold on to that label for the rest of your life? Break the bondage, exactly. You know, I, I'm not going to go into my story today. You know the story, but I was there. And I remember, you know, when I, I felt there was no other way out, that taking my life was going to be the only way because I, if people found out who I really was, I was going to be a burden. I was going to bring so much shame onto my family. You know, there was just so much around that. And uh, I just realized that I was in the wrong place around the wrong people. And it wasn't that I was never depressed. I was never depressed. And, but I, I was just in a place of 
I was at a dead end road and I had nowhere to go. And so I wish I would have known you <laughs> or someone like you or even had internet back then when I was in this place. But now we are able to really step in and help people and, and listen. And, you know, so you've given me some of the obvious signs, but I also know that there's some less obvious signs that people go through as well. So maybe what are one or two of those? Sure. People are great at wearing masks. Mm. They are laughing. They are like you'll hear about the, a suicide happened. It was a pastor that happened uh, this past year and he was playing with his children. And then, you know, he went upstairs and um, and, and took his life uh, hours later. So, you know, it, it can hit anyone. I want you to understand that. I don't care if someone's watching, they are a pastor on this or they are uh, a godly person or they are they do everything right or they're they have success. Uh, it hides in success. It hides in um, happiness. Remember, too, that anger is the other face of depression. So if you see someone that is like just uh, always angry or they maybe they're, they always think about families, a lot of times they can have a mask. But when they come home, they take the mask off and then they're angry with the wife or the husband. There's something going on. A lot of times we look at just the sign of like, why is he mad at me? No, what is the source of it? What's causing the anger? Not everything is about us. That's so true. That is huge. <laughs> That's huge. I think everybody needs to take a deep breath if you're on your Peloton or in your car right now and just say, hey, you know what? It's not about me all the time. I love I always, it. I always say if we wake up in the morning and realize that no one owes us anything, look at the freedom you walk in. You know, we, we get to the point where we just feel like everybody owes us something. And then bitterness comes in, anger comes in. Uh, and it's like, you think about the thought process. If we start our day that way, your mind is racing. Mm -hmm. You Absolutely. think every second, whether it's good or bad, you think. Because people are like, oh, this is a lot. No, you think. Yeah. Like, you're going to think. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of thought and take every thought captive. Like, literally, you start putting what you're thinking and start placing it like you're actually thinking what am I thinking is this right mm -hmm. is this good is this really it's like an, an, uh, a tear down of the identity that's what you see in people it's a tear down of their identity where they feel uh, unworthy there's no purpose and I always say you know what keep walking because you're going to walk right into your purpose <laughs> that is exactly right you're going to walk into it and uh people don't realize how much of an impact they make. You know, as we walk out the door into our salon or into our, wherever it is, I don't care if you're going to get a coffee, you make an impact on people just, and even when we have the mask on, it, it might True. be just acknowledging someone. We impact people. So your purpose has never changed. You yep. know, is that it's just being discovered in a bigger way. Right, I but think that's, that's huge. But at now, the time, you feel like you have one. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And everybody so has one. <laughs> get, get clear about it. So if if somebody were to come into the salon figuratively and I see that they've changed, their mood has changed, their actions have changed, maybe their personal hygiene has even changed on how they typically would look. Maybe there was a lot of weight gain or a lot of weight loss all of a sudden. How how would I, within social parameters, have a conversation? How would I initiate or ignite that conversation? Great question. So if you have the eyes to see, literally ask direct questions. 
uh, again, a lot of times we'll sway the questions, not for them, but for us. Yes. Like you can literally say, "You are you okay? Are, are you struggling right now? Are you dealing with, um, how is your mental health? You can just keep it that. How is your mental health right now? Uh, you can even be vulnerable. Being vulnerable in your testimony can help save lives. So if you have the eyes to see and you have that testimony, oh my gosh, you, I would be sh sharing that testimony with people behind the chair. Because when you do that, it breaks down like, I'm not alone. Wow. I do this all the time as a hairdresser from, uh, from 15 year olds to 12 year olds to 20 year olds. And I'm telling you every single time that I feel it, they break down and say, you know what? I've thought of suicide. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The amount of people that have, you know, uh, it was last year, I think <laughs> times kind of warped right now, but I was at a conference and speaking and there was, there was about 40, 4,100 people, I think in attendance. And I was asked, for 45 minutes to share my story. And I was very nervous. I remember walking on stage and, and just feeling like weak almost, but um, I did what I was called to do. And I gave that message out. And afterwards I was literally flooded in the hallways by people that were, they were literally waiting in line to tell me that they, they currently had a 17 year old that was in um, under watch or supervision because they had a, attempted a couple of times or they were trying to get help for their son or their daughter or one's husband actually was, was being treated right now. And so it was just a powerful moment. I was like, here I was in my own head thinking, if I share this, people are going to judge me and think that I was weak or that I am a misfit or, or whatever. And what happened was really powerful. And the, the inboxes afterwards on Instagram and Facebook were like, thank you. And would you please talk to my child? My child's going through a, a journey very similar to yours. And I'm like, I can talk to your child, but only with you on the phone. Um, you know, but um, it's powerful. You're so right about everything that you're saying here is just having the bold conversations. And uh, we have to put ourselves in a vulnerable place so that we can help others. And listen, what's the worst thing that can happen? You save somebody's life. Yeah. You know, don't ever think that you're going to offend someone. If you have the eyes to see whether they're thinking suicide or not, you see something that's not normal. Yeah. You see something that's standing out. And so if I was feeling low, whether I had suicidal thought or not, and you asked me, you can ask the direct question, have you been thinking of suicide? And they'll say yes or no. And if they say, a lot of times we think, oh my gosh, if I say that and they're not, no, if they're not, then they're going to say, thanks for, thank you for, for uh, looking at me. Thank you. And if they're going to reflect maybe something I'm not doing right. Maybe I need, I'm not great right now, but I'm not thinking suicide, but I might need to go see a counselor right now. I might need to go uh, take some self care and, uh, and take care of myself, my mental health. Um, so you can always provide resources where meet them where they are. Yep. Absolutely. And I'm going to, at the end of this podcast in the show notes, I'm actually going to link a couple of things that you share with me, phone numbers, a text line, a website that if, if you know anyone that is struggling right now, or maybe even you yourself are struggling and you don't feel like talking to someone that you know, we're going to give you these resources to make sure that you have access. Um, because if you know me at all, I'm obsessed with helping people and just loving and pouring love on everybody. So, um, and you're, you may just be in a weak space or know someone that is. So if we can help you with that. So what would you say is the number one thing a survivor says um, after they've gotten help or they've just come out on the other side? You know, they did a um, 
interview it was the New York Bridge, and there was over um, so many thousands of people that took their life when they jumped off the New York Bridge. And there were uh, like 44 people that survived it. Just to jump off a bridge is just detrimental. And so they interviewed all 44 and they asked them all the same question. And they said, what, you know, what would you have done? What would you have done different or how, you know, just asking them all the same question that every single one of them answered, I wouldn't do it again. I shouldn't have done it. So you understand with suicide, it's kind of like, have you ever been to an extreme? When I say it's like pulling the dial up on your, on your oven that you felt that in, um, uh, anger or upset or, uh, ups, you know, just crying over something or just, you just, oh, the pain is so great that don't you, we've done things in our lifetime. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or said that. Or said that <laughs> or left that job or, or anything in our life. There's things that we shouldn't have done. That's where they feel. No one, remember, no one wants to take their life. I fully agree with that. They just want the pain to end. Yeah. So that's why this is so important that when you start knowing the numbers, like when, even when you walked in and you did that interview or when you did your testimony, yeah. when you start knowing the numbers, the statistics, that every single person in their lifetime will either have a suicidal thought or they will know someone that does. Everybody. That's insane. Like you think about how many people it's going to impact. They're going to know people. So you, by you telling them their testimony or by you seeing a sign, you're going to help people uh, because whether they are dealing with it, they're going to know somebody that's dealing with it. Absolutely. I fully agree. It's, it's just, it's amazing that we we're put in a place right now that we can help people in a bigger way. So I want to ask you a personal question. Why are you so passionate about this? You know, I lost a top employee. Uh, she was an amazing girl that worked for me. And uh, I didn't know the signs. I didn't know what to look for. I just noticed that she was so great. And then all of a sudden, after I'd opened up a second salon, you know, I wasn't able to be there. There was all kinds of things happening. She was kind of going downwards fast. And uh, it was causing a lot of issues. So I ended up letting her go. A year before, uh, she had come back a year later to me, apologized to me. Um, gave me a hug and and actually was going to come in for her hair uh, three days later, but she ended up taking her life. And uh, that just wrecked me. Um, and then I lost another friend that was a bartender. Um, and, uh, you know, she took her life. She had, uh, yeah, she had taken her life. And then I watched my mom, which is a Christian, you know, and seeing a believer, you know, I was thinking, what is going on? You know, I watched her go through depression. She made the comment saying, I just want to go into the garage and, and turn the car on. I'm thinking, what is going on? So, you know, the entrepreneur mindset, I was, you, you just get up, you're going, you know, and I had to step back and I had to walk towards this. And uh, so I got educated on it. And uh, that's when I, I came up with, um, with the name. And I have to give God the glory because I literally woke up one morning, got the name of this. And when I, um, the name came to me, I bought the website, everything that morning. And literally I texted some of my uh, friends that were in the radio business and the uh, filming business and uh, the news. So I got on it and I, I was just, it's like a be, being obedient. I ran with it. And I feel like that's something I've done all my life is that uh, if an idea comes to me, 
I'm going to go with it. I'm going to do it. Whether you're on board or not, there's a reason for me to do this. So if I can encourage anybody today that has had uh, just that passion of wanting to do something, stop yeah. letting fear get in the way because fear is what would stop me, you know, and if fear is a liar, like they always say, right. And uh, whether it was money or all this stuff, but you know, we have grown so much in the four years of doing this and we've set, saved thousands of lives with Runway to Life, um, but not just a fashion show, but by people reaching out and getting help. That's a wonderful thing. And I think even with this podcast, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going, going to respond to it and share it with people that they're, that are hurting or that they think are in situations. So again, thank you for that. Um, and thank you for sharing why you're so passionate. We, we actually, in our salon, um, we've had, you know, we've been doing this for a while. Our salon's 15 years old and we've seen a lot of addiction, people that are the happiest, the most fun, the contagious personalities. Um, we released a stylist. It was probably about nine months ago and um, she's no longer with us, not in the salon, but she's no longer with us um, yeah. during the pandemic. And it was, it was basically, um, it wasn't an attempted or a planned life taking. It was just that she, her addictions and, and substance abuse oh. took her. And um, so we've had that now. We actually just had another situation. We've had four situations inside of our company where people are really struggling with a lot of things in the addiction and the mental health. It, it's just so big. And it, to your point, it's the people that seem the happiest. It's the ones that joke the most. You know, and you think about Robin Williams, you think about success, you think about all these people um, that have taken their lives, celebrities that have taken, we've seen them in the limelight, you know, because they're, they're bigger than life people. But this is happening to people down the street from us right now. Um, we had a neighbor two years ago he had just sold his company. He and his wife, literally Barbie and Ken couple, like the most beautiful family. Um, he had this gorgeous collection of watches. He just bought himself a brand new Carrera um, Porsche in like the perfect life. And he went missing for a couple hours that morning. And his wife was like, where is he? Typically he would go work out, but he didn't come back. And she called him and he didn't answer. And he had gone about probably about an hour north of where we all lived and there was a bridge there and, and the police found him. So, you know, it doesn't matter what success or there's just people that are hurting and we have to do a better job. If we're in a situation where we're not hurting, we need to be helping the people that are. So let me ask you this, if you could do anything, I know you have a huge heart. My gosh, it's, I could feel it through the Zoom call right now. Um, if you could do anything to improve mental health in the rural parts of America, the people that absolutely have no access, no money for access, um, what would you do? Gosh, that's a huge question. Um, you know, there's, it's, when you're dealing with mental health, there's so many pieces to it. Mm -hmm. You know, the, absolutely from uh, the mental health to the spiritual part of it. it. There is whether someone believes or doesn't believe and uh, getting people connected and allowing them to, to get the help um, and not be terrified, not uh, feel shameful of getting help, but um, 
starting, even starting more conversations, you know, again, I have a, a business as well. So like putting programs into uh, workplaces, um, you know, even with what you just said, I have uh, actually done Zoom calls or I've done meetings with salons or businesses that have lost someone. So it's putting that proper protocol back into what, wherever the need is. So your need would be to have someone to speak to your staff and say, it, it, and talk about the grieving that everybody's going to grieve differently and it's okay. So allowing people to understand because people are walking through things even this year that they've never walked through. So mm -hmm. I would say, you know, you think about even uh, with football players and different things that they now actually have to see psychologists. They, they actually have to go to them uh, or counselors, uh, whether it's weekly or monthly and do check-ins. Why not have businesses that we do? We do one-on-ones, right? Absolutely. In our business salons, we do one-on-ones with their staff. And I'm sure lots of people do. So could you imagine if the businesses started more where when we did one-on-ones, we actually had a mental health questionnaire? Mm, we started asking that. direct questions. I do that. I've even done it in my staff meetings where we actually start uh, asking, um, and you don't have to put your name on it, but we'll say, we just want to know where everybody's at. And you've all seen the little hearts that go around Facebook. Uh, you know, are you, a, you know, a red one? Are you, are you great? Are you whatever? Are you meh? You know, and yeah. it was amazing. I wanted to show my staff. And I had them all fill it out without their names. And I said, I want to show you the powerful of, of how many people do struggle and what's going on. So I had over uh, 20 some uh, stylists and I had, uh, you know, three of them, two or three were great. The rest of them were meh. And then two of them were, uh, I'm struggling. I need someone to reach out to me. So don't think that this is not happening in your place. One out of 20 deal with uh, suicidal thoughts. Okay. Two out of two out of five are dealing with mental health. Right now, it's like over half the people, you know, we had statistics that, you know, a suicide happens every 40 seconds. Oh, gosh. Every 40 seconds. And uh, the, it's a second leading cause of death in the world for those aged 15 and 24 years old. And depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Um, so we, we start realizing how many people are struggling. More than half are going to deal with something of some type of a mental health issue. And we're not even talking, we're talking about one. Now let's talk about where they have two types of mental health. And then it goes into three. Um, and then you're seeing the addiction. So your question, getting more resources out to not just mental health. Let's not just depend on our mental health people because yeah. they're overwhelmed right now. You can't, it's even hard to get into a place. It needs to start in our homes. It needs to start with moms and dads having conversations with their sons and, and daughters where they're not uh, embarrassed or worried about talking or don't want to trigger anything. It's happening in our workforce where we're actually seeing the signs. We take somebody in on a one-on-one and we're saying, hey, you know, you're late all the time. You're, you're not dressed. You're disheveled. Like something's not right. How's your mental health right now? Yeah. From a, from a one to a 10, where are you? And you'll be surprised as you ask these questions, you will get direct answers. And, and then one advice I could give people is have silence for a minute. When you ask a question, they're processing it. Allow people to think. They may not have ever said the words out loud. So it's okay to have silence. Yep. Silence is a great thing. 
Absolutely. I agree with that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something and it was not part of what I was going to talk about, but as part of this conversation um, in, in our own salon with a lot of personalities and a lot of, you know, they have all types of everything. Um, when people fall into addiction and you see them spiraling down and they, you know, maybe they have more than one type of addiction or um, mental illness that they battle. So many times we, if we've been manipulated time and time again by people that have these sort of personalities and these patterns, we become so, we put a wall up. And as you're talking, I realize that I too have, I've put walls up and I'm, I'm going to actually, as soon as we're off this, I'm going to send a text to someone um, to check in because I, it's easy for us to get frustrated with their manipulations on, on how they, you know, how the cycle works, you know? Um, so I need to reach out to someone right now, you know, as soon as we get off this, just to check in with them, because I too had gotten so tired of the lies and the things yeah. around people that, that have these behaviors. So I think we all, we all do hold a strong part in helping others. Remember too, it's, it's a darkness that surrounds it. So lies are a part of it. Manipulation is a part of it. Um, not saying that it's easy um, and not saying that we have to have be the one that always saves. And what yeah. I mean by that is if we still have the eyes to see, provide resources, ask direct questions. If you get in conversations that are so long, even today, that it sounds like you have a lot going on. Yes. And I know some people that are great at helping you. And I want to see that you get help uh, wherever it is. You know, remember too, the addiction is just a piece of the mental health. Yes. So the, it's a deep, it's like an onion. There is layers that you're taking off and you, we need people that do what they do. So, you know, the addiction part is getting them uh, uh, help with that addiction, but they need help with that mental health because there, sometimes there's an identity crisis. There's something that's going on in the mental health field where they're reaching out to the addiction to numb the pain that lives there. Yep, absolutely. You're so amazing. I could literally talk to you for days um, just because of your passion and having met you. I know how sweet you are. You're such a great person. And uh, I think I'm thankful for people like you that walk this earth. You're like the angels that are among us. So thank you for that. And for all that you do. Um, again, I'm going to link in, in the show notes here, uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I'm going to give the text line of 741741. Um, if anybody's going through any sort of crisis, you can text that line and get immediate response. And of course, uh, runwaytolife.com. So I'm going to make sure all that information is linked below. If you could say one thing in closing to our audience today, what would you say? Don't think that you can't make a difference. Last week, I had a lady, I was cutting hair, and there was a lady that um, was uh, getting her hair cut by another stylist, and I heard her gasp for her breath, and she said the words, he's going to kill himself. Oh. I had the ears and the eyes, and you talk about divine connection, that I was placed right by this lady. She was 60-something years old, and her brother had texted her saying that he was going to end his life. He was in another state. I was able to talk with her, and because I do do interventions, I was able to persuade her and him to allow me to get on the phone. He was in crisis mode. I was able to walk him out of that crisis and provide a resource and to start a conversation with that family. Don't ever think that you can't be an impact on someone. Um, 
So with Runway to Life, we are actually doing huge fashion shows. We start up next week. We're Because of COVID, we've had to change up some things. Um, so if you look for us, if you actually follow us on Runway, the number two, numerical two, life. Runway is kind of like you're running to life. Runway, numerical two, life.com. You can go to our website. Go to our Facebook and also our Instagram. We do loads of podcasts. We do loads of, um, you know, uh, talking in the community. Um, but you can also uh, go to our YouTube for Runway to Life. You can watch us virtually anywhere around the world this year. And next year, we're going to be kind of all over the place, bringing beauty and fashion and talking about mental health um, all next week. Also, we're collaborating with RVA Fashion Week. Uh, so it's the Richmond, Virginia Fashion Week. They do fashion all week long. And uh, they're uh, highlighting uh, Runway to Life. And we're discussing mental health all, all, all week. That's so amazing. even if you uh, are interested in your hometown or your state of even doing a show and you're interested on how to do something like this, reach out to information info uh, at, at, sorry, info at runwaytolife.com. Uh, all this information is also on our website. Um, and if you're interested in doing a class or knowing more, uh, email me. I would love to talk with you. Or even if you're dealing with a struggle of someone or yourself, reach out. If that's any advice, I would say reach out. That's your word for day. Absolutely. Reach out. I love that. And so for all the fashionistas that follow, this is kind of cool too, who you get to work with sometimes, the family. Okay. Yes. So, you know, we collaborate with Redken and L'Oreal, um, Purology, um, and our goal is we've talked to Salon Centric. We are bringing more and more, um, you know, names, uh, It Cosmetics, um, and it's been huge. They usually send down artists uh, that lead our teams. We have salons from all over, people that have gone through loss of suicide, hairdressers that have flown in to be a part of our show. We have young dancers that are usually involved in our show because so many young people deal with um, you know, suicidal thoughts as well. This year, we're looking at doing a lot more smaller shows and virtual. Uh, we're also going to touch on postpartum. Uh, we had Ms. Virginia just do a podcast on what, what she walked through of, of her pregnancy and that she went into a great depression. So listen for our podcast, too. We really get down deep. Uh, my, I'm a pusher, I like a coach in way. Um, and it's about you really getting out and telling your story. But we want to make sure that you're ready. So if I can tell you, just start writing your story, yep. because if you can get it out of your head, that's a huge thing. The more you can speak out, it's like a balloon that's been blown up so tight. If we can get this out, it's a, just a healing process and yes. not just healing on you, but you will help heal someone else. Absolutely. Your journey is to, your journey on this earth is to help someone else. Absolutely. Alicia, thank you so much for your time, for your passion, and for all that you do. And uh, I hope our listeners enjoy this and find some much, much uh, appreciated advice here. Thank you. And I cannot wait to talk to you on the next podcast. I'm definitely going to have you back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.